What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks, where each episode I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Shiraz Shuler, and I'm so glad that you guys are listening and you are tapped in to hear another Behind the Grind podcast episode. Listen, it's Friday, and as we've promised, we are here to share some dope interviews and some dope conversations. I am excited to share with you a very special guest who is no stranger to the grind. This individual played football throughout Europe, and you know that's very dear to me because I just got back from France. So I'm excited that I got a chance to know some of the places that we discuss and we're that he's familiar with. But in this conversation, listen, we talk about his uh, professional football career along with some leadership concepts. And so today he has a very interesting concept, and I'll let him share that with you here shortly, that will help you as a leader in the grind and on your journey. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with my guy, my very special guest, Zach Hoffman, right here on Behind the Grind. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I'm so glad you guys are tuned back in with us uh, to listen to another conversation that we're having right here on Behind the Grind. Listen, I'm excited about the guests that I have in the grind seat. This is a fascinating conversation, something I get excited about when it comes to talking about leadership and leading organizations and leading groups and teams and different things of that nature. So I'm going to get lost probably in the sauce today uh, talking about leadership. But I have a guest that has uh, really learned a lot, both uh, in the playing field and in other areas of his life where he's led uh, different groups. And so we're going to dig into some conversation because I believe this will be very beneficial for most of us that are listening today that will help us develop in this space called leadership. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the guest that I have in the grind seat. My guest is Zachary Hoffman. He is bilingual. He's an Italian-American, dual citizen, actually. Uh, He's a published author, an effective leadership developer. He's a youth American football coach, a former professional American football player. Yes, right. Originally from a small town, a rural town in in western Pennsylvania, he spent his 20s living in six different countries. And so we're going to be talking about that today. During his time working abroad, he developed the SWA leadership concept based on his many thrills and eye-opening experiences within various leadership roles across a multitude of cultures. I would like for all my Behind the Grind family to welcome to Behind the Grind my guest, Zachary Hoffman. Welcome to Behind the Grind. Wow, I really appreciate that intro, Sherrod. And yeah, I'm definitely excited to, to be in the seat and looking forward to getting to talking to you today about everything you just mentioned. 
Awesome. Well, before we get really get into the conversation of things, you know, um, just for my audience, uh, where are you where are you dialed in at today? Like, where, where are you calling us from? Or where, are we, where are we talking from today? Yeah, so I'm in sunny San Diego, California. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so it's nice weather here. Um, we haven't had rain in, I can't remember how long. So okay. uh, I'm definitely enjoying that, enjoying going to the beach, the pool. So definitely, definitely living it up here. Oh, you know, I got a chance a few years ago. It was uh, my first time in California, and the first place I went to was San Diego, and it is beautiful. I didn't see any other parts of California, but if I got any impression of California from San Diego, it was the bomb, right? For sure. Really nice. You were in the right place. <laughs> you were in the right place. There's no doubt about it, for sure. I mean, like you say, the sun was nice. It was very nice. So Absolutely. Yeah. So I know you're enjoying it. But you also, you know, from my what I've learned and, you know, what we mentioned in the intro, you also have lived in other places. Places. If you could just tell us a little bit about that, of the places that you live. Absolutely. Lived. Yeah, definitely. So I've been very blessed, I think, in my life. Um, it kind of happened very spontaneously. I never thought I would ever travel overseas. But mm-hmm. in 2012, um, it all kind of started from a decision I made when I was in college. Um, I came to kind of a realization that the path I was headed on wasn't going to take me to the NFL, my ultimate goal, which I, okay. you know, is I dreamed of as a kid. And I guess you could say that even stronger than my will to go to the NFL was my fear of living a life and not having any impact on other people. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that the path I was on, I had to make a drastic change. And I decided at that point, I was a sophomore, that uh, I was going to you know, leave school for the time being, go home and kind of figure things out. And long story short, two weeks later, I was on a plane to Poland. And okay. it kind of, yeah, and for to play American football there, uh, kind of wow. happened very suddenly. And Wait a minute. They have American football in Poland? <laughs> no, I really, really they do. They, they do. do. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, they okay. do. <laughs> they do. And believe it or not, it's uh, it's actually growing. It's, the popularity is huge. Like, they get okay. crowds at their games. I mean, obviously, you're not going to have the same level of competition as you do here. Okay. But the American players that do go over there, they make the game very competitive. So, um, yeah, it's, believe it or not, Europe and football is alive and well, and football in Europe is alive and well. People just, you know, don't know it because of soccer and all those sports that dominates, but American football in Europe is definitely growing. And that's something throughout my time there, I was able to kind of see start from the grassroots. Now kids are starting to play from the, you know, youth football all the way up to, you know, the men's team. And it really, was really cool. Even from 2012, when I was there, to 2021, there was a huge growth in popularity. People love the NFL. They love. They watch the Super Bowl. They follow the NFL. So there's definitely uh, a mass following for American football in, in really? Europe, no doubt. Really? Right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about this then, because you know I'm sitting here with a, a professional football player, so we got to dig a little bit into that before we get into this leadership. What, For sure. what position did you play? Uh, tell us a little bit about you know how you got to enjoy the game of football. Uh, let's talk about that. For sure. So I was a quarterback, and I was okay, an undersized QB. quarterback. Yeah, I was a QB. Okay. And I guess kind of the knock on me ever since you know I was younger was that I was too short. You know, I'm only five foot nine. And okay, I was a I understand. Can relate. Yeah, for sure. So guys like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, I, I, I really root for those guys, the short yeah. quarterbacks. And yeah. um, for me, though, growing up, uh, you know, I always thought that I had the ability. But um, unfortunately for me, um, due to my size, that I, I wasn't getting those opportunities that I thought I deserved. And so mm. but like I said, I grew up playing multiple sports, football, baseball and basketball. 
but okay. I was really drawn to football in the quarterback position just because of the role you had as a leader and the yeah. responsibility that came. For me, there's a quote by, I think, Steve Young, uh, quarterback for the 49ers. He, he said, the quarterback position is so amazing because you can control the emotions of people by what you do with the football. And that's so true. Mm. You throw an interception, people get upset, the fans. You throw a touchdown, people are happy. So the, I guess just the power that came with that position and the kind of intrigue was something that I was drawn to as a young person. And I remember, you know, watching Monday Night Football, wearing the jerseys and doing diving catches and acting out the game. So, you know, yeah. like a lot of American kids, I was just really, uh, it became my ultimate dream. And right. uh, I just really was drawn to football because of that quarterback position. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the quarterback position. Like you said, is a definitely a leadership role. Everybody that goes out, I remember trying to in junior high and, you know, they, they you know, junior high, maybe elementary, you try to find a position that you can fall in. And of course, on the street, I could be I'm the best quarterback <laughs> there is. Right. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> but when you get amongst competition and people who really know how to play the quarterback role, I realize there's a lot involved, you know, a lot going into that. Um, I mean, how, if you don't mind talking about it, how is it being a quarterback and maintaining and, 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 and nailing down the plays and mm. keeping everybody in place? Yeah. I mean, does a quarterback have to be the leader or can they not be the leader? Is it, it... I think that, a, well, a quarterback has to be a leader. It doesn't okay. mean that he has to be, you know, a raw, raw kind of guy and, you know, pumping up the guys, but he has to lead through example. Mm. And mm -hmm. that starts with leading yourself. And one thing I realized as a quarterback is that, you have a responsibility, even off the field. You have to be the guy that set the tone in the locker room. You have to be the one to stay cool under pressure. When things go wrong, guys are looking to you, whether you yeah. want to believe it or not. And so for me, that's something that I feel like every quarterback has to have. They have to have that moxie and composure to where mm -hmm. when things go wrong, they can be that sense of calmness in the storm. And I think that's guys like, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you know, all those guys who have had a lot of success. They have that mm -hmm. trait about them. Um, yeah. They're able to stay and be that calm within the storm. When things are going wrong, when things are, you know, when crap hits the fan, as they say, they're the ones that are maintaining that, you know, stable mindset. And I think that calms the rest of the team. Even I even think for me, that's even more important than your ability to perform. Because we've seen mm. a lot of talented quarterbacks who right. had physical talent, but they didn't have that side of the game, that mental side. And they don't last because you need that at that position. That's, a, that's, that's, you know, it doesn't have to be, like I said before, like, you know, shouting and cheering the guys on. But right. it has, you have to have that leadership capability for sure. It's a must. It's, it's a, a must. must. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe you, maybe you can lack a little bit in athletic, what, how do you say, athleticism? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> athleticism, but, yeah. <laughs> but you definitely have to know you got you to gotta always be in that mind space, it seems like. You Absolutely. Know, from the 100%. Looks like you have to be in that. So let's let's talk about that. How uh, you know? Obviously, you've gotten into to today, and you're talking about leadership. You're talking, and you're helping organizations. You're helping people with leadership. Tell us how this uh, brought you, and maybe the experiences that you had. How did it bring you into this concept of leadership and really helping people develop in that space? Yeah, absolutely. I think it started with sports, and I think a lot of athletes don't realize that the. You know, everything they learn within their sport can transfer yes. over into business and can transfer yes. over into other aspects of life. And for me, I guess my message that I try to get across to especially athletes is that, hey, your potential lies way more than within your sport. You have the skills and the traits to succeed in other realms of life. So 
don't identify yourself strictly with your ability to perform. Because we all know as an athlete, one injury, one coach telling you you're, you're not good enough, then you have, you know, then, then what? Then you have to find your new way of life. So for me, that's something that's really important. And I guess in terms of like leadership, I kind of learned throughout my experience overseas that you had to be able to be kind of a Swiss army knife leader because in cultures, okay. as you're, you know, inter intermixing and intertwining with different people, different languages, different cultures, in order to reach your following, you have to be able to kind of listen and oversee the situation and then adjust your strategy according to the motives and the, you know, what, what inspires your followers. And that's kind of the, the idea behind my leadership concept, the small leadership concept, because I kind of learned that throughout my time that, wow, okay, I'm, I'm a leader as a quarterback. I'm in these different environments. How do I need to adjust myself? Especially there were some guys I couldn't even communicate with because they didn't, maybe they didn't speak English and I didn't speak their language. So how do I show through body language, through example, and how do I earn their respect despite not being able to maybe communicate with them effectively? And I was able to turn this into the SWAL leadership concept, which also stands for the Swiss Army leadership concept. And I was able to turn that into a book, which is kind of my base, what I use to, um, you know, mentor these, you know, these young entrepreneurs, these young athletes, yeah. or even in, in the business realm as well. Um, but I think I've been very blessed to kind of see the transformation that's occurred in my life from strictly identifying as an athlete to kind of realizing that, hey, my ultimate destiny was never to go to the NFL. It was to use football as a platform to have a greater impact on younger generations and organizations. And that's something I learned along the way that originally uh, I wasn't willing to kind of admit because like I said before, yeah. my main goal was to be an athlete. That's all I wanted. But now looking back on it, I realized how much I was selling myself short that, you know, putting my only worth and my ability to throw a football. And I think a lot of athletes fall into that trap. And if I can help at least even just one, you know, young athlete realize their potential outside of their sport, then for me, that's a win. And that's my ultimate goal, I guess you could say. Oh, I love it. I love, you know, even, you know, it sounds like you're, you're communicating to the, the, the groups that you're communicating to how you can, um, um, Translate in a lot of cases, I'm sure there's probably a lot of athletes sitting out in the audience listening to you in some shape or form. You're able to translate the, the things that they learned in their sports world and how they can apply it. Maybe they're in business. Maybe they went on, you know, into to the college realm, but maybe they didn't go any further. Like you said, we all have that that I call it. I, I love basketball. So I always had that hoop dream, per se. Yep, right. We always exactly. had that hoop dream to make it to the, the professional level, in the NFL, whatever the case may be. But you know, we're not limited to that. Absolutely. Like you said, there's so much. Now, that you know, we, we don't discount our experience. We don't throw it away. We build upon it, right? And we build upon it. And as you've described, just especially from a role of a, of a quarterback, how beneficial you can translate some of those skills that you've learned as a quarterback or translate some of those skills as a running back that you can plant in your business or in the corporation that you're working for. I think it's great. And I think you've taken it and, and really honed in a concept. And I know it's not sports really. Sure. I, I'm just I'm just a sports head, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, <laughs> we both are. <laughs> but it, but the, but it just it just speaks to how you can translate skills in so many different areas and so forth. So let's kind of pull off that a little bit. I know being a quarterback, you you know you're you're, you're on a team filled with a whole bunch of personalities, a whole bunch of people, a whole bit a bunch of people with different roles. Everybody's got to play their role. We talked about how the quarterback has to be the leader per se, right? Mm. All of these different personalities. 
and I am sure you find, and it probably goes into this concept that you talk about with the SWAT leadership, everybody that you're leading on the field, and again, the field in the business, the field of wherever you go, everybody that you lead is not the same. Mm. The way to motivate them is not the same. Can you give us some concepts or some things that we can consider when you have these diverse personalities, these different people doing different things, how to be a leader in those, in those environments. Absolutely. And, and you're so right about what you said. I, I, you know, I kind of like the saying, we've all heard the saying, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated, but it should mm-hmm. actually be treat others the way they want to be treated. And that mm-hmm. comes from really, you know, like I referenced before, listening and observing before taking actual action. And I feel like a lot of leaders get set in their ways where they think, you know, I've done this in this environment, I've had success. So it's, you know, globalized, it will work in every environment. But that's not the case. You have to be able to, you know, have the willingness, because it takes Mm -hmm. time as well to say, okay, I'm entering a new opportunity. You know, I'm leading these people, this group, what what motivates them? Let me let me talk to them, let me observe them. And for me, if you're able to kind of take a backseat, in leadership in, in this kind of role mm. before you kind of step forward, I think mm. that there's so much power within that. And I think a lot of leaders, maybe their ego gets in the way. But for me, that's been uh, that's been a huge part of my kind of growth, learning to humble myself and realize mm. that, hey, I may have to adjust the way I've done things in the past. And how do I do that? For me, it's listening before speaking and listening to comprehend, not simply listening to respond. Because I feel like a lot of us, when we speak to people, we're listening, but at the same time, we're forming our response. And so for what I try to do is when I really, when I listen to someone, I try to comprehend what they're saying and comprehend, okay, why do they think like that? And then formulate a response. And I believe that if you can kind of train yourself to do that, uh, it's very, it's really a game changer. Because for me, what I also learned is this. While, like you mentioned before, we're all different. We all go through Mm -hmm. different walks of life. We all go through different things. However, the emotion attached to our experiences, whether that be anger, sadness, joy, the emotion in humans is always the same. So for me, what Mm -hmm. I always try to do when I'm listening to someone speak, whether, you know, maybe they say, oh, my father passed away. My father hasn't Mm -hmm. passed away, but I can realize, Mm -hmm. okay, when did I feel sadness? When was I disappointed and using those emotional connections i'm able to relate to that person through that emotion not necessarily through experience and i think in an international environment that's also so important oh yeah because with different cultures languages you can't really rely on experience you have to rely on emotion and so for me that's i think if you can learn to listen uh to comprehend and not to respond and learn to really dive deep into emotions rather than experience that will go a long way in helping you earn respect in a as a leader in any role, really. Wow. I think you hit on it. And I I love it because again, you've lived in what, six different, um, correct uh, countries. Wow. Wow. So that is environment. So we, we take it a little step further. Like you said, there's language barriers, there's cultures, there's the way people do it in a certain kind of way in, in, in all your travels, have you found that the concept of leadership, um, you know, maybe the way we do it here in America compared to other places, is that concept pretty much the same or is it uh, got some variations to it based upon where you are? That's a great question. Um, and what I've noticed is it's very different from North Europe to South Europe. So in North Europe, you okay. have kind of more of our mindset, you know, the go-getters, the hard yeah. workers. But in the South, it's kind of more laid back and relaxed. And there's actually a story when uh, 
when I was overseas okay. playing football, I was we were playing a, a team, and they had an import coach from the U.S. He was a very okay. prominent coach. He won multiple state championships in high school, coach at the college level. Um, however, when he was overseas coaching this team, he wasn't having any success. And in my opinion, mm. it's because he wasn't changing the way he coached these guys. He wasn't adjusting his strategy to their skill sets and their beliefs and their morals and the way they grew up. He kind of said, all right, I've done it this way. I've had success in the U.S. It's going to work here. However, it was the complete opposite. And he ended up actually not winning a game the whole season. And for me, it was because of his unwillingness to adjust and unwillingness to kind of realize, all right, I have to adjust my coaching strategy. These guys, they also have full, they also have jobs. They have families. They're not college students. They're not focused on football hundred percent of the time. They're they have other lives to live. And he, you know, didn't adjust and therefore he, he failed in that situation. So for me, what I realized is this in the South part of Italy and not just Italy, but of Europe, you have to be able to be more open and accepting to, um, you know, maybe things that we're not used to, you know, sometimes guys aren't going to come to practice. Sometimes guys are going to be late and you have to learn to not take that personally and just kind of accept that's mm-hmm. part of their culture and work around that. Mm-hmm. And once you can kind of work around those issues and kind of form like a compromise with each other, uh, that's definitely a solution that um, has been effective for me. But if you're not willing to change and you're not willing to adjust, then you're going to have a really hard time reaching people for sure. Oh, man. I think you've you really hit something, too. And I just kind of want to go a little bit on a rabbit trail, too, because you're talking about change, which is huge right mm. now in all organizations right now. You know, at least af- after the last few years, we know that change has happened. Change has always happened rapidly. It's always happened fast. But people have m- had to make huge adjustments quickly based upon certain things, certain guidelines, certain whatever. Mm-hmm, right? Absolutely. So we now see this as kind of the... The, the expectation in leadership, right? It's like probably now if you're recruiting a leader, you want to know how well they adapt. Mm. What are some other key tips that you can give to, to, to prepare uh, individuals? You know, we may be facing some economic downturns mm. here in the future, but to be a leader, how do you lead people? You know, maybe you've had a, a few losing games as a quarterback. How do you get us out? How do you get us out of those ruts as a leader? That's a great question as well. And like you said, it's something that, um, you know, it's very prominent in the world we live in today. And for me, you mentioned adapt. And part of my concept is actually adapt to impact. And I believe if you, you have to be able to adapt if you really want to have an impact. And if you're not willing to adapt, your impact's going to be, you know, not really prominent or felt very on a small level. Um, for me, that's, that's huge. And any, even if you're, you know, within people from your own country, you have to be able to adapt to different personalities um, because we're all different as people, you know, we're humans, but we're different. And for me, having that willingness to adapt and kind of humble yourself will go, you know, a long way in terms of your, your effectiveness as a leader. And that touches on something else. I think leadership is, you know, as it is, it gets too bland of a name because leadership standing alone is not enough. We all know that. If yeah. you look up leadership in the dictionary, the, it's, it's a very broad definition. I think it's like the capable, the ability to lead. And what does that actually mean? And for me, it comes back to you have to be an effective leader. How do you lead effectively? I mentioned it before. And this is, I feel like, how you know people look to you in times of tribulation and troubles as well. You have to, in order to bring that leadership out, it has to come from within. You have to be that person. You have to be comfortable. You have to be 
comfortable with yourself. You have to be stable with yourself because if you are, those people are going to see that and that's going to give them the comfort they need in times of trouble because you can't leadership. You can't fake it. It, it can, you can have the title, <laughs> but eventually people are going to see you for who you are. And in order to, for me, what I found is in order to effectively lead others, you have to lead yourself effectively. And I've been in situations mm -hmm. too, where I've been in a leadership role and I realized maybe at the time I wasn't ready or I wasn't, I was going through things personally where I had to maybe say, Hey, who else in my group is capable of leading more effective than me? And I think that is also something we, we can't be afraid to be followers too. It's, there's nothing yeah. wrong with being a follower. If someone, if you're, you know, if someone who is in a stable mind is leading you because that's an opportunity for growth and learning. And I think a lot of times the term follower it has kind of a bad tone to it. People think it's bad, but it's not a bad thing if you're being led by someone who is more capable than you at that moment. And for me, that's a part of growth. But in terms of me as a quarterback, when we were down and my team was down, I always looked from within and I said, hey, I'm not necessarily going to you know, give a, you know, a speech to these guys and try to rowdy them up. I'm going to show them with my confidence in myself and my encouraging of them that, hey, we may be down now, but I'm going to try to do my best. We're going to do our part as a team to get each other out of this. So for me, that's been something that I've realized along the way. You can't lead effectively if you aren't leading your own life effectively and if you aren't making those sacrifices necessary for that. I love it. I love it. Let, let's kind of pull a little bit on your leadership here, you know, going from a sports world or even in the business world. Let's say you have a young talent, mm. right, that is uh, on, on your team that is, you know, you see the potential, you see all of the greatness uh, that's with, with within them, but they're not quite getting there or they're not uh, achieving what they want right now. How do you how do how do we coach this person? How do we uh, get this person to perform? For me, I can relate. Draw back on an experience I had when I was coaching in Italy. We had uh, a, a player who was, without a doubt, the most talented player on the team. Um, he yeah. was just you could see his athleticism. He was just above and beyond the competition. However, he knew that, and he wasn't mature enough to kind of take on that leadership role. He kind of took on a role of hey. I'm the, I'm the best player, so look up to me, do what I say, follow me. And, you know, I kind of had multiple conversations with him, and I said, hey, you've been given a gift, and that, that gift is a responsibility. People are looking up to you because of your talent. How are you going to take that responsibility? Because right now, you're kind of wasting it. You're, 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 you're not using it in the right way. And it's a funny story that I look back on now. Unfortunately, there got to a point where, you know, he wasn't showing up to practice he knew that if he would come to the game, he would still perform well. He would still be the best player. And so as a coach, I had to make a very difficult decision. We were going into a playoff game, and I was just fed up with it. And I knew that this was an opportunity to not necessarily just win a game, but to teach, to yeah. teach a life lesson to these kids. And so I made a yeah. decision to say to him, I said, hey, listen, you're not playing in the game. You haven't come to practice. I don't care if we lose, but you're not going to set this example for the rest of the team. And unfortunately, we played the game. We lost the game. It was a lot of backlash. Oh. Um, but, yeah. you know, it was funny because that was my last season with the team. But I came back, uh, you know, two years later. I kept, you know, a relationship with the players. Still, so I came back for a visit. And I was surprised that this player actually showed up to that visit. And I never thought I would see him again because I thought he'd just be mad at me. But he showed up and he said, you know, hey, coach, 
uh, I just wanted to tell you um, I'm very thankful for what you what you did because I know that I needed to change and that was a moment of, for me to realize that wow. I had to change and for me as a coach I feel like that's way more important than any wins or losses if I could impact yeah. at least one life and put set a kid on the right path um, even if it means you know making a controversial decision for me yeah. that was so worth it just to hear him say that kind of was an affirmation that wow okay it's bigger than just a game, you know? Yeah. I love it. I mean, the courage for you to do that, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, it's controversial, yes. especially in a, probably in, in, in a sports world, Absolutely. right? Because it's all about the Absolutely. wins, right? It's truly about the wins. So to make a call like that took a lot of courage. But as leaders, at times, we are required to step out there and, and, and make that tough decision, mm -hmm. that tough call in some shape or form. Um, you know, it's going to benefit in some shape or form. Maybe it doesn't impact today. Like you said, you may suffer a loss because of that tough call. Maybe we, we suffer as a business uh, because we made a decision today that impacts us heavily today. Mm -hmm. But the long-term goal, of Absolutely. It, right? the, 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 the benefit on the other end of it is going to benefit, uh, you know, maybe the employees, the business, mm -hmm. the, the, the team. Because we are willing to make that call today that's going to help us down the road. And, and these are things as leaders that we, we come across, right? It's, it's more than just being out in front and having our name played. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, the corner office, whatever the case may be, you're put in positions to make, uh, you know, at times you have to make those calls. And I, For and I sure. appreciate you sharing that because... You know, courage is needed today you know, to make a lot of tough calls. Absolutely. Today, would you say? No, I said you're totally right. And like I said, you know, yeah. I think it comes from a sense you just have to get to a point as a leader and in a leadership role where you have to say, OK, at some point, it's got to be more than just about me. It's got to be more than just yeah. about my accolades. It's got to be about impacting the next generation and impacting people's lives for the better, because that's how you're going to be remembered at the end of the day. People aren't going to remember or really care about the awards you have or the titles. Yeah. They're going to remember how you treated them. And for me, that's kind of was a process for me to learn that at the same time, these kids want to win, but most of them, 99.9% .9 are going to become press professional athletes. They're going to become professionals yeah. in business and other aspects. Yeah. So how do I, yeah. how do I use this sport as a platform to prepare them for those journeys? And I just think I came to that point in my journey, you know, at that time was a huge affirmation for me, but that's what really gives me fulfillment is knowing that my yeah. coaching, it's not necessarily about the sport. It's about life. And that's for yeah. me was such a huge moment for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, let's, let's, before we get out of here too much, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you, you mentioned the book several times. You mentioned the concept of the book. If, if someone was to get the book, what would they get out of that book uh, that would help them? And who is the book for? For sure. So I think the, the I know the book is for really anyone, anyone looking to become okay. better and become uh, an effective leader. But I would say mostly athletes can probably relate to it because um, I use a lot of examples through athletics. Um, but I tie mm -hmm. those athletics into business as well. So I use examples that have occurred in you know the business world that you know can be related to athletes. And I think for me, what people will get out of it is just understanding kind of the importance of intercultural competence in terms of leadership. And so how do you tie those two together and how do you tie it together by using kind of a, the, the swall leadership strategy? And for me, I think the book is it's one of inspiration. It's one of I think people who have gone through adversity can respect and relate to. 
And for me, my hope was that this book can um, kind of make a, bring people the awareness that, hey, we live in a globalized society and that's not going to change. So we have to embrace that. We have to look at each other for what we can learn from one another rather than our differences and how I kind of, you know, my transformation that I went through throughout my time and how I went through that journey of acceptance, adaptability, and how I think that we as a society have so much potential, but we're letting that fall because we're not looking at the positives of each other. We're simply focusing on our differences where for me, uh, that's, you know, a really a shame because there's so much that we can do as a, as a globalized world, but we're, we're focusing too much on the negative things. And, um, for me, I hope that this can inspire at least one person to live their best life and, um, become that effective leader and understand the importance of culture and leadership. Oh man, that's right on point, man. And especially at a time that we're in today, man, that's right on point. So you, what, what I hear is, is, like you said, the book is for yes. anyone. So you don't have to necessarily say, well, I'm not a leader. I'm not working in some Absolutely. type of uh, no. corporation with this title per se. It is a book that is it's just, it's just necessary, yes. right? And I think with your experience, listening to your background, listening to, you know, I know from a sports perspective, you've, you've experienced a lot of different people. I know living in different countries, you've interacted with different cultures, different things. So you've got a good perspective. I, I must admit, you've got a good perspective of, of what it is. And you come down to the core of what, you know, what we all Absolutely. need, right? You can extract out of all the places that, that you've been. There's still some core need, human needs that we all uh, need. And you, you help us see that and help us, uh, you know, uh, you know, touch on those. Absolutely. Um, uh, to be successful from that. So thank you for that. So let, let's talk real quick. If, if you know, I, I realize you, it sounds like you're a transformational Absolutely, coach. Yeah. So is that something that some individuals can uh, reach out to you to do to for personal coaching or is it more organizational coaching? What is what it? Yeah, so for, for I'm actually um, right now I'm doing mostly personal coaching. I have a platform on uh, mm -hmm. on Bark.com where people can reach out to me. Oh, wow. And uh, so okay. I also started an, an athlete transformation academy, I call it. And so where I help young athletes who maybe didn't make it to the professional level who are either retired to really find their purpose in their next phase of life. But I also work with That's everyday, good. you know, people looking, if they're looking to change their job, if they're looking to, you know, make a, have a deeper impact, find their true purpose, find that fulfillment. I have a, a course that I've created and uh, a concept. I use the small concept for that as well, because really it's a leadership concept, but it's also a personal development. And so I use it yeah, for that as well. Yeah. And in terms of organizations, I am a member of a, they're actually based in Vienna. They're called Moonshoot Pirates. And what we do is we, we have webinars and different events to help mentor the young generation of leaders in the future. Nice. And so I really nice. enjoy doing that. It's another way for me to work with the youth because I'm very passionate about that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm doing transformational coaching on a personal level and also in a group setting, you could say, with these young with these young kids as well. That's awesome, man. I, I, I really like that idea because, you know, being athletes, we all I love the concept, you know, because you're, you're driven, Absolutely. right? You want to make that pro. You want to do all that. But the reality is all of us don't, you know, go, you know, sure. to a certain level. We go to a certain place. And sometimes it is difficult to make those transitions or difficult to find out what else in life, your purpose Absolutely. may be because you've, you've spent a lot of energy, a lot of time focusing on a particular sport or, you know, whatever that case may be. So I think that you're right spot on 
with what you're doing and helping people with that and helping them adjust and helping them find purpose. Because even like we've talked today, we've, we hear in you all the things that you, you were able to extract from that mm-hmm. experience and the professional experience that you've had. Now it puts you in a position to be, you know, uh, help operations, help so many different things because of some things that you learn from mm. sports. And so I think that's, I think that's really dope. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Sure. We as athletes, mm. um, we have to understand that our ultimate purpose is not our sport. Our ultimate purpose is to use our sport yeah. as a platform for greater things. And if once we realize yeah. that, and I think the possibilities are endless. There are so many athletes that learn so many amazing skills, have that determination, like you said, and um, I just want them to realize that and, you know, really reach their full potential as a person, not just a performer on yeah. their on their for, on the field of their respective sport. That's awesome. All right. So before we get out of here, um, I usually try to have a random question, but today I'm not going to really go too random because you kind of touched on some of the, the, the names I was going to say. But just give me your top three mm. uh, quarterbacks oh. of all time, right? Like, okay. Who who are you going to, to, to the, okay. you know? Okay, well, I think we know Brady's number one. I think, I, I honestly, course. growing up as a Steeler fan, Brady tortured my team so much. Oh. But at this point, I, you can't even knock the guy. He's the GOAT. There's no doubt about it. Tom, Tom Brady, okay. number one. Um, I would. Well, before you go any further with Tom Brady, were you always convinced he was a GOAT, or are you like the rest of us where we, we catch him like later on? I'm like the rest. Absolutely. I, I, I didn't like the guy. I thought, oh, come on. It's the system. It's Belichick. But we all learned that wasn't. He, he has nothing left to prove. He's the GOAT. There's no other way to say it for sure. Let me just say this. I know he's the GOAT because I grew, you know, uh, grew up in Michigan. Michigan, um, you know, we, we go between Michigan and Michigan State. Um, those of us that are in Michigan, you're either a Michigan fan, Michigan State fan, like any other state would be. But when I realized Michigan State fans really had gone ahead and acknowledged <laughs> Tom Brady as the GOAT or good or great, I'm like, Yeah, for he's sure. The goat. That, yeah, for sure. If, you're, if Michigan State, if the Spartans are acknowledging the Wolverines, there's, that's the sign right there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so, sorry. I didn't want yeah, to for take sure. It off. So just... Brady, number one, um, I would say in terms of uh, just understanding the game, Peyton Manning, um, and then a yeah, guy that yeah. I grew up. He's from my hometown that I think had you know one of the best arms and never he actually never won a Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Oh wow! But I think yeah, just on yeah, talent, yeah. that guy could sling. Yeah. And if you want a wild yeah. card, a guy that I loved watching growing up. Um, well, not growing up, I love watching his highlights. It was Randall Cunningham. I loved, I loved, oh, yeah. Yes. I, oh, you yeah. went back. I, I yeah. love Randall Cunningham because <laughs> the way he moved around and he had a cannon and yeah. he was just like Gumby. Some of the tackles he was able to break. Um, for me, Randall Cunningham was just fun to watch. So if you talk about, for yeah, me, was, I, I love watching his highlights. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you participating. Again, I, I didn't have, uh, I had something else in mind to do, but. Um, you had mentioned a few of the quarterbacks earlier, so we'll, we'll go with that. And I think you, you did really awesome. well. So uh, Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady, they're going to always be our, sure. our top choice. For the That's most it, part. for sure. <laughs> but I love yeah, the Randall for sure. I threw in a wild card one. there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed today our conversation. I really, truly enjoyed it. I think as we, you know, on this platform, there's probably like three things that we talk about always, right? You, you're coming here to Behind the Ground. You're going to hear about faith. 
You may hear about sports or you're going to hear about business. And today we tapped in on a lot of that today. We talked about the journey. We talked about uh, sports and we talked about business today. So I hope that you uh, you get something out of it, the nuggets, the leadership and just another concept, right? A, a way of looking at things when it comes from a leadership standpoint. So I thank my guest, Zachary. I thank you for being with us today. And so, um, you know, we're going to continue to stay locked in together. You know, there's probably some things we, we're going to have to build on, um, you know, this, you know, from the concept of leadership. I love it. So we'll do that. But until the next time, this is Sherrod and this is Behind the Grind.